0: Hey there, I'm Andrew Ainsworth, a proud supporter of Sword and Laser thanks to Patreon.com. It's easy to set up, and what do you get out of it? Endless geeky bantering about the latest sci-fi and fantasy books. So if you want to help out, head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser. Give a little, and get a lot of Veronica mispronouncing things.
1: I'm Veronica Belmont, and I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions with fans just like you. I'm sick. Do I sound? Do I sound sick?
2: What are you drinking, Veronica? Snot. That's what <laughs> Alga Brian
1: seltzer cold and sinus. Even <laughs> though I have the flu,
2: I'm actually getting over the flu. So, huh. I'm drinking water, because you should drink plenty of fluids, kids, and get your flu shots.
1: Mm-hmm. I got my flu shot.
2: Eh, doesn't always work, because there's so I many know. different kinds of flu.
1: Too many flus out there.
2: All the flus.
1: What the flu, man?
2: Yeah, really. What's the flying flu? Uh, so, if this is a short episode, uh, that's why, uh, but we we are here for you. We are dragging ourselves over cul- cut glass <laughs> And through Mordor and I will, a lot of mucus. I will mute that. Hold on. <laughs> that's the, okay. That, that's, the, that's the length of her cough right there. Yeah.
1: Pause. All right. Um, who. Okay. Let's jump into the quick burns.
2: So Paul uh, posted that Victoria Schwab, a.k.a. V.E. Schwab, author of A Darker Shade of Magic and the upcoming Gathering of Shadows, among others, has announced that the TV rights for A Darker Shade of Magic series have been acquired and she'll be writing the pilot for it.
1: Oh, that's exciting for her to get to actually write it, too.
2: The people who do uh, London Has Fallen, G-Base Productions, uh, are, have got the rights for it.
1: Oh, um well, you know, that's odd, though, because we haven't had her on the show yet, so it's weird that she got a TV deal.
2: I, we must be going to have her, and then she travels back in time and gets the TV deal. That's got to be it. That's yeah. got
1: to be it. I mean...
2: Uh, are... You should definitely consider this as a future fantasy pick. I love the idea. It's about four parallel Londons ruled by different magical powers and monarchies. There's Grey London, where people have been told magic is a myth. Red London, where magic is embraced and thrives. White London, where magic is used by the rulers against its people. And Black London, where magic has overpowered people and corrupted the world.
1: Hmm. Hmm. That does sound interesting. It's kind of like, it makes me think of the city and the city and the city.
2: Yeah, it's very, very along the same, like multiple cities occupying one area. Yeah. Uh, and we obviously live in the gray London world.
1: Right. Which is too bad. I want to live in the red London world.
2: Yeah, where everybody's just having a magic party.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of parties, uh, Stephen writes, are you having a hard time keeping up with Hugo nominations as regards to, in regards to rather novelettes, short stories, and the like, like me? Well, the good folks at Rocket Stack Rank have listed those they feel are most worthy.
2: Yeah, so it's, it's kind of a cheat sheet. If you're like, there's so many novellas, how do I even tell one from the other? They list m- many more than one but they give them scores uh, and recommendations all the way down to scores of of two. Uh, and in other words, to kind of give you a broad scope. Maybe you'll disagree with them and think the one that they gave a score to should get a nomination, but this way you can kind of get a better look at the landscape.
1: So we want to be looking at the high score ones. Is that, is it listed by, so I don't understand their ranking system.
2: That's their scores. Yeah. But I would say like, just take that with a grain of salt. And, and kind of peruse through all of them. But they've narrowed it down for you. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Tamahome uh, said the women who helped revive Doctor Who are making a new fantasy show based on Deborah Harkness's books. Uh, those women are Jane Trantner, former controller for BBC Drama, and producer Julie Gardner, who was one of the co-producers who launched Doctor Who when it came back. They have a production house called Bad Wolf <laughs> uh, that is looking to adapt the first book in Harkness's All Souls trilogy.
1: Harkness, huh?
2: That's, yeah, I didn't yeah, even think about weird, that weird, one.
1: weird parallel there. Deborah
2: Jack Harkness.
1: <laughs> no relation, or maybe relation. Ah, definitely relation. Yeah, I've heard about these books before, and I've been wanting to check them out sometime. So maybe. Oh, actually, the top comment on the io9 uh, on the io9 articles has a production group called Bad Wolf creating a TV series based on books by a person named Harkness. And then, yep, Jack Harkness gif.
2: So many Jack Harkness gif. So many Barrowman gif. He, he gives GIF. good gifts. Yeah. They're all in this thread. If you just want to see a bunch of uh, John Barrowman as Jack Harkness, go to this thread. Uh, if you're a Deborah Harkness fan, go to this thread. Uh, if you're a Doctor Who fan, go to this thread. Everyone should go to this thread, basically. <laughs>
1: Uh, moving on Aaron says there is a documentary of Ursula K Le Guin's life on Kickstarter Uh, 25 days left and already well above their target funds this is amazing it's called worlds of Ursula K Le Guin and yes it has already raised with 17 days to go as of this recording $146,476 out of a goal of $80,000 yeah almost twice their goal yeah it it is funded. I'm gonna say remind me about this one neat Spread yeah, that's exciting. The word. So let's uh, let's let me see here. It's um you about this project. Bags. So yeah, the the creator um says, as a kid, I was blessed with parents who loved books, and especially lucky that Ursula K. Le Guin was one of the names on the shelf. Uh, they spent hours immersed in the legendary author's fantastical worlds, and uh, I'm asking for your help in completing Worlds of Ursula K. Le Guin, my featured documentary documentary about Le Guin's life, work, and legacy. Wow.
3: Yeah,
2: <clears throat> very good one. Very good. Check it out. We'll have the link in the show notes at swordandlaser.com. Uh Sandra points out that sci-fi has announced magicians will be renewed for a second season. So I have so far been very much enjoying season one. I'm glad we're gonna get a second crack. Thirteen episode season premieres in twenty seventeen.
1: I am very excited as well. I'm really enjoying the show. It's uh, sci fi's killing it right now. Yeah. They renewed the expanse, they renewed the magicians, all the good original content is being renewed, so I'm stoked.
2: I haven't seen this week's episode of The Magicians yet, but last week's.
1: Well, does it doesn't w- come out tonight.
2: Oh, I guess that's why I haven't seen it. I always forget because I get it a day after. Yeah,
1: because Expanse was. But Mondays. the Expanse was
2: normally my Tuesday show, and The right. Magicians is my Wednesday show because I get them the day later. But ah, I have The Venture Brothers to watch.
1: Oh, oh. is the new Venture and also all of um, Better Call Saul.
2: Oh yeah. So much a... so much stuff. Yeah. Well, well the uh, first episode, rather. The first episode, not all of it. Yeah. Um, well,
1: someone said binge watching it, but I guess that was because they played the full. Maybe first they season. watched the
2: first season before. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, anyway,
2: magicians uh, going well. Congratulations. Love Grossman. Uh, Star Trek is not exactly books into TV shows. And we try to stick to, to books into TV shows, but it certainly has spawned an entire Genre of books mm-hmm. and 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 people love the Star Trek novels. Uh, so I, I'm gonna I don't know, Veronica. I'm gonna say yeah, we can cover the Star Trek news.
1: Yes, Brian Fuller is uh, has been pegged as the showrunner for the new Star Trek TV series, um, which we talked about a little bit on um, Cord Killers this week. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited about this because he's got a he's got a great pedigree. He's obviously a fan, and um, I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with the show in relationship to the movie movies or not or is it going to be a new timeline or not? where's he going to go with this i i I personally
2: uh i'm re-watching voyager right now just for kicks when i when i got sick i started watching voyager again Uh, i loved deep space 9 voyager next generation the original series loved all of it um i i like the movies i think they're really fun I don't want to live in that universe though. I want to live in the mm-hmm. Kirk Picard mm-hmm. standard universe. So I'm mm-hmm. really hoping they don't do a reboot TV series. Not that it would be awful. I think it'd be interesting. And he speculated publicly about like, well, what if we did the next generation from the Chris Pine universe? Or, you know, what would that be like? And I think that is interesting. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad, I wouldn't refuse to watch, but I really want more from the existing universe.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Rob says, uh, the script for the new Harry Potter plays will be released in book form. So this is kind of technically, people are calling this book eight?
2: Kind of. I mean, it'll come out July 31st, uh, which is the official opening of the play in London. So if you can't see the play, you can buy the book. Uh, The play is written by Jack Thorne, but it's based on story notes from Thorne, J.K. Rowling, and John Tiffany. So it's not like you'll be directly reading a J.K. Rowling novel but it's definitely a story yeah she's approved
1: the eighth story 19 years later yeah that's what it says on the cover
2: harry potter and the cursed child parts one and two
1: where can we go see the play in london London. in london oh i think
2: in gray london i don't know if they're showing it they might be showing it in red london they're definitely not showing it in black london they
1: tried to show it in black london but then the magic just showed up and and destroyed the theater
2: he who should not be named one
1: yeah, because he was like. There yeah. was only
2: one book long and he killed Harry in like the first page.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Uh, yeah, so we have a thread um, from. Sorry, Jay. I was typing in from Jay, who uh, was looking for some help about Audible. He is an Audible virgin. And um, click on the link, Veronica. Come on, make it happen. Get he says, see. I'm not
2: an avid reader and very slow one when I compare myself to some members here. It takes me around five to seven weeks to finish a 400-page book. I'm with you, man. I totally understand. Uh, and that's when I'm really liking the book. So long, short story. So long, So long, short story. I'm thinking about trying my first ever Audible book and I want to ask for suggestions and what should I look for so I can enjoy my first try at an Audible book. And where should I get it, too? I'm looking for any science fiction or horror Audibles and if it can have both genres together, that's even better. Thank you in advance.
1: A lot of people recommending um, Stephen King audiobooks. Mm. Um, There's some good ones. Of, a lot of Audible fans on the forums, but also people recommending... Um, downpour. Yeah, Downpour or getting things from your public library. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff on archive.org. Um Dresden Files was recommended, Dracula. Uh, so, a lot of great stuff being recommended over here on the thread. Uh, LibriVox and Project Gutenberg have a lot of public domain audiobooks from Tassie Dave, um, and also BBC Radio have a lot of radio dramas. Yeah, too. I mean,
2: some of my favorite readings that stick out in my head are A Game of Thrones, uh, The Gunslinger by Stephen King and uh, Name of the Wind, Patrick Rothfuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked all of those readings. Uh, the person who reads the Scott Lynch books, uh, the Gentleman Bastards books, mm. also very good.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of Luke Daniels, who does all of Kevin Hearn's stuff, but that might not be horror-y enough, even though there are some fantastical monsters and stuff that you may see in horror genres, like vampires and werewolves. Yeah. Um, but it's still a little more urban fantasy-like, probably.
2: So there you go. Lots yeah. of good suggestions, though. Thanks to everybody for jumping in and helping Jay out. That was awesome.
1: All right, let's uh, touch upon the book briefly. So we're not we're not going to be done next week, I don't think, with Sword of Shannara, um, because we have our next episode is on the first. of
2: Yeah, March. so we'll wrap up Sword of Shannara on the first, because that will give you all twenty nine days and us yeah. to, <laughs> to finish yeah. reading it, uh, and then we'll kick off. I, I haven't decided exactly what the next book for uh for march is going to be yet either so so keep an eye on the forums
1: i'm so happy that you get to pick this month it's like a great burden has been lifted from my shoulders (laughs) do you really think of it that
2: i just pick ve Schwab for for april and be done with it done
1: maybe we'll Mm -hmm. we'll see
2: it's a little early too early to, to say for sure
1: too early to say for sure i just want people to like me guys i just want you to be happy with my choice
2: i am adoring sword of shannara Really? Even with all, even with all of its issues, should we just go right on into that? Okay, uh, I
1: may I may be fever inducing. We don't have things. a
2: ton to talk about because we we really talked through a lot of the issues last week, and until we wrap it up spoiler style, uh, there's not much else to say. But the more I read it, I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, oh wow, that's really close to Tolkien. Uh, but then other times I'm like, well, wait a minute, they didn't have any rock trolls that I remember in <laughs> Tolkien. Uh, so I'm. I'm enjoying it, and it's definitely a book that I want to listen to more. Uh, I think Flick and Shay and and his merry band are different enough for me uh, that I don't feel like I'm listening to a ripoff in any way. And I and I'm totally enthusiastic about the idea that everyone says, "Oh, with Elfstones of Shannara, it gets even better." Uh, and and so mm-hmm. I, I want to keep reading. I want to keep following these characters, and it's, it's just a really fun story that I'm, I'm enjoying.
1: Yeah, I I think I feel pretty much exactly the same way you feel. Um, Once in a while, I get little pings in my brain of being like, okay, this feels familiar. But then other times, I just get kind of sucked into the fun of the story. And I, there's a lot of excitement. Um, The characters are almost a little too likable, like everyone's, even what's his name, Handel, it's kind of like, okay, well, you're, you're grumpy, but you're still lovable. So.
2: <laughs> well, and even even one of the people who uh, who was not excited about reading Sword <coughs> of* Shannara wrote back to us and said, "I'm really glad you guys picked it because it helped me rediscover it, even with all its problems."
1: Right. And, you know, uh, there's a thread, a great thread by Sven in the forums about uh, sort of genre. Why I like reading junk fiction like SOS and junk fiction, the way he describes it, isn't necessarily a derogatory term. It's more like once in a while, it's fun to read something that's kind of fluffy. That's kind of lets your brain relax. Let's you just like feel like you're wrapping yourself in the warm blanket of stuff you already know. And he kind of goes off. That was those were my words. I'm just kind of paraphrasing what he was saying. But you know, there's stuff like, and then other people were saying, yeah, it's like reading like the Star Star Trek novels or reading Warhammer novels and stuff like that, where, yeah, it's not adding a ton to those, to your, you know, appreciation of literature, but it's adding something to those canons and those worlds and helps you feel connected to them. And that's kind of nice.
2: Yeah. And and people who are saying, no, this, that's not how it is for me are basically saying, no, I, I don't, that doesn't work for me. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But but it doesn't prove Sven wrong. Sven's saying, for me, mm-hmm. I like this. And someone's saying, I don't like it. It's like saying, hey, isn't cotton candy cool sometimes? And somebody going, I hate cotton candy. And it's like, well, okay. Well, then you're not going to like cotton candy. I don't
1: know why, but when you said that, I was like, I feel like Roger Chang would say that.
2: <laughs> I don't like cotton candy. I don't like cotton candy. It's just uh, sugar.
1: It makes my teeth hurt.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's just going to rot your teeth. And that that's perfectly legitimate. And there's nothing wrong with you beholding your, your belief that you don't like cotton candy. But just don't rain on other people's cotton candy. No, we'll him, it will melt it. Let them enjoy it. Yeah, you exactly. Eat it. When it gets
1: rain done, it ruins the whole thing. <laughs>
2: exactly. So it's just go sticky. off and be like, you know what? When you're done with your cotton pick and cotton candy, I'll meet back up with you.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, all right, well, that that kind of wraps up our episode, but we are going to toss it, actually, to a um, a special recording. We did an interview this week with James S.A. Corey, uh, Daniel Abraham, and Ty Frank uh, for an episode of Cord Killers with uh, Brian Brushwood and Tom. It's their show that they do about cord cutting and all the pleasures they're in. And uh, so they brought on the guys from The Expanse to come on and talk about their experience doing the show and what it was like, how it was different from writing the books and and what kind of input they got to have on that. So I think we should just toss it over to, to the interview.
2: We are going to start, Brian Brushwood, with special guests James S.A. Corey. And it's not a, a misconjugation of that verb. Uh, they are a band. Uh, Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank will be joining us to talk about The Expanse, Brian. But first, we are but four hours away. Uh, four hours. Four days away from the end of the movie Might draft. as well Brian be four hours. With us as well, And uh, is ready to commiserate with you. On the movie
4: draft. Yeah, let's check out the movie draft. Oh, Tom, Tom, the champion of all time in the history of the Winton movie draft. There has never been somebody to bust $700 million except for your slate. Congratulations, sir. You are a colossal winner, not only of this year, but of all years.
2: Well, at this point, I'm not sure how you could catch me. Uh, you've got to get 28 million in the next four days out of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Well, obviously, I'm, more I'm, than I'm
4: opening yet. up a lemonade yeah. stand and I'm going to send all proceeds to Lucasfilm.
2: Uh, but yeah, it does look like uh, that's going to be it. We'll talk more about the movie draft f- once it's actually final next week. Uh, but Veronica, thank you for joining us. And uh, how excited are you to talk to James S.A. Corey?
1: I am very excited. I absolutely loved The Expanse. It was one of my favorite shows on television recently, so I'm, I'm super stoked. We had them on Sword and Laser once a very, very long time ago as the first book in The Expanse series was coming out. So this is a nice, you know, getting the band back together.
2: Yeah. When, when we last spoke, Veronica and I, uh, to, to Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham, there was what but one book. That was it. Leviathan Wakes. Uh, The second one was coming out. And uh, now they're going to join us again with many books under their belt, as well as an entire hit TV series. Uh, Daniel Abraham, thank you for joining us. Uh, Pleasure to be here. And Ty Frank, thank you for joining
0: us. Uh, thank you for inviting us.
4: So, for 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 the uh, for the newbies out there like me who didn't realize, you know, of course you see, you know, by James S A Corey and it's mentioned on the show and everything. Uh, I love this idea that there's an out of the closet pseudonym you guys work under that that's just the name of the band. Like if you guys were Daft Punk, we wouldn't keep referring. You know, we'd say we have Daft Punk on, and so we have James S A Corey on. Where did that idea come from? And who suggested it? And did it go through different revisions? I would love to see the list of rejected names that you guys came up with.
3: Well, uh, I, I always had kind of a, a kink about pseudonyms. I, I have this thing where I think that uh, part of being a writer is meeting people's expectations, and a lot of meeting their expectations is setting them, and who the, the writer is, the name of the writer, uh, does a lot of that. So I have different names for every genre I write in, um, and i got three of them uh, spun up right now. When the time came that it was going to be doing space opera with Ty, it made sense to have something that wasn't Daniel Abraham, because Daniel Abraham writes epic fantasy, or MLN Hanover, which was what I was using for urban fantasy. Um, And so just picking another, you know, Ty was still new enough to writing novels at the time that I could pretty much tell him that that was normal and he would believe me. (laughs) And so I got away with it. It was great.
2: So as, as we uh, have all enjoyed the first epi- the first season of The Expanse, uh, it has been annoying for me to Brian to say, well, in the book, it was a little bit like this. And I like what they've done to change things. Uh, how, how has that process been? Because you guys have been involved in the writer's room. Ty, you're actually at the, uh, the offices now. Uh, how, they, how has it been going back to the beginning as you're still working on new books in the series to revisit the crew of the Rossi?
0: um yeah it's uh it's it's interesting because um one thing i hadn't thought about is how different uh the process is for creating something where you can use pictures to explain what's going on rather than words and um it's been a it's been a transition mentally for me to get away from over explaining everything in text and letting pictures tell the story um yeah and and on the other hand, there are some things that we do in the books that you can get away with in prose that absolutely would not work on screen. you know I mean, uh, especially in the first season, there are chapters in the book where the entire chapter is basically just one of the characters sitting in his apartment drinking and feeling bad, um, which you can do for three thousand words because you can have a lot of interior monologue. It makes for a very boring episode of television though
4: so so i I would imagine there are. Uh, in any great work, uh, there 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 are compromises and surprises. Were there moments where you're like, where you're like, yeah, there's just no way to do it that way in a visual format, and maybe you were not on board until you actually saw it in the final product. where there was there moments of doubts that that suddenly uh, it turns out that the decision was vindicated in, in the final product.
3: I, I think there were for me there were a couple of times when uh, the the folks there who had more. Experienced than us, were saying no. This will work. This will work. This will work. And I was going, eh, I'm not. I'm not sure that's. I'm not sure that's going to work. And uh, I can think of two offhand where I was. I was not convinced until I saw This and that. Yeah, that, that totally worked. They landed it. It stuck.
1: So how much input did you guys have on the actual casting of the show? Because I am particularly taken with, with Miller, with Thomas Jane. I think his physicality is so incredible. He reminds me almost as, as like a Heath Ledger Joker kind of physicality to him in, in a really great way. Um, so what, what input did you have in that process?
0: Uh, I, I was lucky in that I was actually there for the entire casting process. Um, uh, Daniel was there for part of it, but I uh, had to go back and forth. He actually you know has a family he has to see sometimes um but I was actually on the phone call where they convinced Tom that this was a project he was gonna wanna do. uh I didn't do much talking but uh so but I was still there, so you know pretty much right from the beginning uh Daniel and I both watched all of the uh casting tapes, uh everybody reading on video, we watched all of it, we got to give notes. Um, And there was at least one character in the cast that Daniel, no, two, I would say, two characters that are on the cast that Daniel and I particularly lobbied for and and got the person we wanted in both cases.
1: Oh, that sounds like a good story that you'll have to tell us off the air sometime at Trinks at a convention. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, or, or, or an even better story is the person you might have lobbied against. I'm not saying there was such a person, but um, <laughs> and, and only, definitely not of anybody on, that got cast I, because they all look amazing to me. I, I, it's it's, it's how, how excited were you guys to see the vision of what is about to become six books this summer turn into reality as, as these things started becoming edited videos?
0: Uh, tell them your story, Daniel. Which one did you have in mind? I've got several. The, the, the person walking past you on set.
3: So okay, yeah, there was there was this one point when I was out there filming uh, the episode we wrote, and uh, it was the the a character who I, I had made to solve a specific problem writing the book. I, I had a, this chapter I was writing and. Uh, there, was, there was nobody but the one character, and so I had 3,000 words I needed to write, and I, there was no dialogue. So I needed to have somebody there to, to have the main character talk to, and I needed to, to invent somebody to do that. And that guy walked behind my chair to get to the coffee machine. Um, I was thinking, you, you – <laughs> you, I, I made you to solve a problem, and here you are. That's very weird. <laughs> and could you get me some coffee? Yeah.
0: Also,
1: was- <laughs> Does he have more of a uh, – did he stay a kind of, you know, for that specific spot Can character you tell us who or has his character kind of expanded since then?
0: We, we actually keep using that guy. Yeah, he's, no, he's good. He's like, a, he's like a reoccurring character now. He wasn't in the book, but we keep using him for stuff. Uh,
4: yeah. Oh, speaking of which, uh, how much license do you have? I, I think in a post-Game of Thrones world – there's a lot more um, leeway you have with fans of a series, where you can see changes, uh, you know, for the screen actually working to to streamline parts of the story. Are, are there any uh, Are there any of those moments that you feel like Ah, yeah, no, that that that's definitely. I guess I'm asking the same question as before. But um, uh, has your interactions with the fans? been any different like has anyone criticized you like oh how come you know they use their left hand for this instead of their right hand and so on
3: people have been criticizing us since day one now, <laughs> you 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 can't do what any of us here do without having lots of people tell you that you did it wrong and they could tell you how to do it better that's that that never changes
4: how, how do yeah. you handle that you just smile and say well i look forward to your novel I don't even. No, that's that's yeah, that's rude. You can't.
3: (laughs) Oh well, you know. uh, Let me know when your TV show comes on, and I'll be sure to tell you what I think (laughs) of. Yeah, no, you just you know. You ignore
1: them. You move on. You do your work.
0: The the sad fact is, if nobody is giving you a hard time on the internet, it's because no one has heard of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point. So. Uh, we finished season one, and we are greenlit. You guys are greenlit for a season two, uh, and 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 Ty, uh, I don't know if we've mentioned it on the show. Uh, Ty used to work for George R. R. Martin, and so there's there's a lot of people wondering how close books and television shows are going to to hew together. Now, obviously, you've got six books in the bank, so you're not going to run into the same problems maybe George is. Uh, but as you go into season two, do you intend to? you know, stay tethered to the story that we saw in, in Caliban's war? Uh, or are we, are we going to diverge off more? I I like a lot of the new stuff that I've seen in season one, I have to say.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, the plan right now is to, is to follow the plots of the books. Uh, uh, Shankar, the showrunner, you know, he always says, uh, to you know, follow the spirit of the books is his thing. You know, you, you want to keep the spirit of it, but uh, you know, a word-for-word adaptation is boring. Um, you know, you're going to always try to look for ways to do something interesting or show a piece of the world that maybe people hadn't seen in the books. Uh, you know, bringing Officer bringing Officer Alley into the uh, first season was one of those sorts of things. We're going to do some of that stuff in the second season as well. Move things around, bring up characters that maybe don't show up until later, uh, earlier. Yeah. We'll keep playing around with it. Um, if, if anything, I, if what, since I'm in the room, if there's anything that I feel violates, uh, the spirit of what we were trying to do, I complain loudly. Uh, I don't know, you know, I haven't been vetoed yet, but I suppose that could happen.
2: (laughs) You try to use your powers responsibly.
0: No, I use my powers only for
3: evil. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, do you guys have a, a friendly wager going on with Lev Grossman about your uh, competing sci-fi awesome shows going on right now?
3: Absolutely not. I I, uh, I think no matter who wins on that one, we're all going to be pleased with the other guy.
1: You know, we like to say that when we have people on Sword and Laser, their books get turned into TV shows. So I just want a little recognition for that. Thank you for that. It that was there.
3: very kind of you. We. I will... I will uh, Totally, buy you a drink, and thanks.
2: Awesome. <laughs> uh, and and then I have sort of a flip flop of the of the question that I just asked, which is, we have your next book in the series, uh, Babylon's Ashes, coming out August sixteenth uh, of this year, and I, I believe you have nine total planned. Is that right in the series? Yep.
3: We are under contract through book nine.
2: Okay, so. As you start writing the next one, I assume Babylon's Ashes has has been set for a a little while maybe. Uh, But as you start on the next one after that, obviously working on the TV series is going to be bubbling around in your mind. You may not even realize how it affects you. But are are there things you've learned in revisiting these characters that you think you might apply in future stories?
0: Uh, You you really got to try not to. Yeah. Um, No.
3: The the show – Naomi and show Amos and the show Holden and show Avasarala are actually different characters than the ones in the book. Um, and the stuff that's going on in the book is so far removed plot wise from what's going on in the show right now. I, I, they, they don't actually talk to each other a whole lot in my head.
2: So you can earth one earth to them just fine. Keep them away from each other.
0: Yeah. You got to be really careful not to uh, get that feedback loop going. Um, I think it. I think it does a disservice to both projects.
2: Well, I have to say we're all uh, huge fans, and I, w- I was a fan of the books before, and so I couldn't be more pleased that that people like Brian, who've never read the books, uh, are are now excited about the TV show and starting to read the books.
4: Yeah, I did the. Uh, as a matter of fact, you could blame Audible. Uh, the morning after the last episode aired, I was like, "Man, that's really good. I want to watch more." And then they hit me up with a uh, first in the series sale, where uh, the first uh, <laughs> book in every series was only four ninety five, and I was like, "Well, oh, crap. I guess I'm diving in." And it's, it it is fascinating to. Uh, I, I, I'm almost really excited to get past the first book because so much of it is so familiar. As a matter of fact, it wasn't until I started reading the book that I realized what an exquisite job the television show did of conveying so much content. Cause here I am a quarter of the way through the book and I keep thinking like, yeah, but I know all this. I've already been there. It's like, <laughs> I want to get, I want to get to the other stuff. <laughs>
1: I think they did a really great job, too, of of I was so curious how certain things were going to look without getting too spoilery. But um, it's it's done a really good job of translating the text into into visuals, uh, even in ways I, I wouldn't have expected. So I've been I've been loving that, too.
2: Well, thank you guys so much, uh, Daniel. Uh, thank you for joining us. If people want to find out more about uh, the things you write, as you mentioned, uh, under other names or follow you on Twitter, where should they go?
3: Uh well we have a, a website up that's uh www.danielabraham.com. I think it's also mirrored to ww.jamessacorey.com. Um and I'm Abraham Hanover on Twitter. Um you can come and tell me what I did wrong and how you could have done it better at any time. I'm I'm always there.
2: <laughs> Excellent. And Ty Frank, uh how how is how are folks best going to find you on the internet?
0: Uh, I basically do not exist on the Internet, but if you tweet at James S. A. Corey on Twitter, it's usually me that answers.
2: I've noticed because the the first time I I saw the trailer, I I said the only thing that that struck me was that Miller was kind of skinny and James S. A. Corey responded on Twitter. He's a belter. And I'm like, all right, of course, (laughs) it all made sense. Uh, Well, thank you guys for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, You spending a little bit of your president's day with us.
3: Uh, it's been a
4: pleasure. Yeah, go back thanks, to guys. meditating on Abraham Lincoln, and thank you for the gift you've given the universe. Uh, this is uh, an amazing property, and I look forward to uh, to. Wait, wait, uh, is there? T- you probably can't talk about how many talks of seasons there might be in the future. I hope there's all the seasons, a million seasons.
0: I can tell you there are 13 episodes in the second season. That's all I can tell you. Hey,
4: hey, Excellent. that's an well, exclusive. Thank <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, guys. All right, thanks, you guys. Thank you.
1: All right. That was a great interview. Uh, thanks. Ugh, remember, Thank you. Remember
2: when we did that interview?
1: Yeah. Those were good times. Those were good times. Uh, thanks for letting me steal your content, Tom, um, even though I guess I helped to make some of that content as well.
2: Well, we had you on it so we could then steal it for Sword and Laser. Perfect. I mean, legitimately republish it as a promotion to, it's spoiler in time, the fabulous show at CordKillers.com.
1: <laughs> and hey, speaking of interviews, we're going to be interviewing the first two authors in the Sword and Laser Inkshares collection. Uh, both their novels are coming out very soon, right in March. Uh, we're very excited about that. So we uh, are putting up threads for questions for uh, J.F. Dubow, who is the author of The Life Engineered, and Jim McDonnell, who is the author of An Unattractive Vampire. So you can find those threads over on Goodreads. So if you have questions for them about their writing process, and what it was like, you know, creating something for ink shares and, and doing the contest, uh, head over there and, and drop in some questions. I'm excited about it.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to these guys as well and getting some more author interviews rolling again. Good yeah. Time. Our show is entirely funded by our patrons at patreon.com swordandlaser and laser. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. If you would like to support the show, head out to patreon.com swordandlaser and laser and just give what you think the show is worth.
1: Absolutely. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our other favorite picks at swordandlaser.com slash picks. All sorts of good stuff over there, including things other authors have recommended in interviews of the past. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at four one five seven sword Don't forget to review us on iTunes. Tell us what your favorite junk book is this week let us know just give us five your stars. your cotton
2: candy of books and then give us five stars thanks <laughs>
1: oh, yeah there you go perfect we'll see you next time
2: bye